indicating that there was a shooter outside the Cornerstone Church, um, and that shooter uh, had fired at two individuals that were also outside. Um, at this point in our investigation, what I can confirm is that we have uh, three deceased individuals. Two of those individuals are female. Uh, one of those individuals is a male. We've identified that male as the shooter. And at this point, we're working through the investigation uh, to gather all the details. Uh, I can't comment. I don't have information at this time uh, to relay on whether or not this was a targeted event or if we're looking at something that was more random. Um, I anticipate at our press conference tomorrow morning we'll have a lot more information. Um, we also had other individuals inside the church attending a program. Uh, none of the other individuals were injured at this time and they're being interviewed as part of our normal process for the investigation. And welcome to my podcast. I am Dr. Paul. What you just heard is kind of an ongoing saga within recent days with people shooting each other. That one there was in Ames, Iowa as a, uh, a deputy sheriff there was testifying to. This happened yesterday. And of course, most of you listening to this podcast have probably heard about what took place Recently here in Texas with the 19 school children down in Uvalde, Texas, being shot and killed and a couple of teachers. And, of course, this has raised the debate one more time about gun control and the like and caused people to become irrational all over again as to the solutions and the problems that beset us. They seem to think that, you know, what if we'll just put a Band-Aid on, on the problem, then that'll make everything go away. In this case, we want to take away everybody's guns, or, or we want to get rid of those dastardly AR-15s, those, you know, guns that shoot the 220 or uh, 223 rounds, you know, a 22 round, you know, the kind you used to playing pop cans with when you were growing up, all of a sudden that has become an assault weapon, and and if we just get rid of that, then everything is just going to be wonderful. You know, but if, if it is not that, it, it is other problems. You know, high gas prices or the transgender thing that captivated everybody for such a long time with the NCAA swimmer and, and uh, transgenderism in the schools and boys uh, using women's or girls' bathrooms, it, it's just like it's non-stop nonsense. And all of this is problematic, but nobody wants to identify the real problem here, much less provide a real solution. I'm going to give you one. To me, it's as obvious as the nose on the end of my face here, what the, the problem is, as well as what the solution and it's found in the Bible. Of all of the places you could find a solution to our problems, it's found in that in that book that collects dusts or dust uh, in most people's cases, including many Christians. The Bible has become a, a, a relic. 
that nobody wants to pay attention to. And yet it is God's way of addressing these things, as well as speaking to us individually, as well as corporately. We're ignoring God all over again, just like, well, we've if you pick up the Old Testament and read it, just like the nation of Israel did. And it's killing us, literally. It's killing us, our ignorance, our willful ignorance of what God has to say. And yet it is readily available here in the United States. You can't hardly go anywhere without being able to have access to the Bible. And yet it is ignored constantly. In fact, I saw or read an article here recently dealing with the the Bible and the number of so-called evangelical pastors that uh, uh, they were asked what their worldview was. 39% said they had a biblical worldview. And after that, the associate pastors basically fell off the edge of the earth in the teens as to their biblical worldview. Uh, and then the people in the uh, congregation was in the single digits. I'm telling you, though many will not listen, if you don't have a biblical worldview, you have nothing. You have no argument, you have no complaints when it comes to transgenderism or, or uh, school shootings. or You have no argument, you have nothing to say. Oh, you may whine and complain and, and uh, wring your hands and, and just have a conniption, but you have nothing to say. Your opinion is just that. Your opinion is part of the problem. And there are so many people today that want to say, my opinion about whatever means something. And then when you ask them, well, what is your objective standard for all of this? They have none. Oh, it should be common sense that a person shouldn't be allowed to go into a school and shoot a bunch of kids and so on and so forth. But if you push the envelope far enough, those are the people that are doing the shooting. Jesus said, when he was asked about murder, since we brought up the idea of school shooting and as well as what happened in this out front of a church here in the and the opening comments from the deputy sheriff. There are names, Iowa. Jesus, when he was challenged about what defiles a person, of course, this is by the religious authorities, and they criticized his disciples for not washing their hands before they eat. He says, you know, that's not what defiles a person. It's what comes out of the heart. That's what defiles a person, he says. But what goes... Or what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. And this defiles a person. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, and slander. It's interesting that murder 
and uh, adultery and sexual immorality and theft and and slander. I mean, the whole Johnny Depp thing, you probably have heard something about. It's all about slander. All of this proceeds from the heart. And yet, our politicians and our uh, educators and our judges and our talk show hosts and whatever don't want to address the heart. Or they want to get on some so-called expert and talk to them that's got a Ph.D. in psychology, which is a bunch of nonsense. Psychology means study of the soul. These people don't study the soul. And they certainly don't give God the credit for it, the creator of our souls. They want to get on and talk to them and get their opinions about gun control or, you know, why people are sexually inclined the way they are. But they don't want to come back to what God has to say. They don't want, to, they don't want Jesus in the conversation. If you're going to address all of these sins, which is what they are, they're sins against God, they're sins against humanity. If you're really wanting to address it, then you're going to have to address the heart, and that's going to have to be from God's perspective. If you exclude God from the conversation, and the only place where God is speaking to us and is going to speak to us is from the Bible, as it is illuminated by the Holy Spirit. If we're going to divorce God from the conversation, then we can expect simply more of this kind of clamor and chaos and mayhem and murder wherever you go, not just in the schools. I heard one guy the other day talking about, well, I'm... Uh, my, uh, my calling is to be an eliminator. You know, I'm, I'm the one who's going to be in the, in the Walmart Supercenter that's going to protect you because if somebody whips out a gun and starts shooting people, I'm going to be there to either kill him or, or get killed or whatever. That's my role or my goal in life or whatever. Murder starts in the heart. If we forget that, then we're just setting ourselves up for more tragedy. And really, if you stop and think about it even further, you know, murder starts in the heart, adultery starts in the heart, sexual immorality, theft, all of these things that we have seen in the, in the media recently, really stop and think about it. All of these things have come to us because of our ignorance of God, and God isn't just sitting by complacently doing nothing. God is pouring out his wrath upon the society that has forgotten him. That let's dust collect on the Bibles. Let's people just, uh, or, or people just let God go and they uh, become autonomous. This is a big thing, whether we're talking about in the unbelieving world, people who are unregenerate or what Jesus said are not born again, as well as in the church. People in the church are, in, in many instances, are ju just as autonomous or claim they have this free will to do whatever they want to do as anybody who is lost. And God says, no, you don't. 
In fact, I'm going to prove it to you. I'm going to pour out my wrath upon you. And, and it's, it's pathetic in the sense that when God's wrath is poured out, especially upon the Christian community or those who claim to be Christians, they don't even recognize it as God's wrath. It's like some kind of uh, circumstance just out of the out of the blue. They don't even recognize that God is the one that is angry. See, we have this skewed view of God, thinking God is only love. God would never, you know, allow a tragedy into our lives. That is just misplaced thinking. It's idiotic. The Bible says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. And all of this chaos is nothing more than a byproduct of men and women and little children hindering God. They don't want to listen to him. They don't want to have him speak in our city councils. As our city councils rip off the general public through overtaxation or whatever, they don't want to hear it. So they hinder it. Oh, we have we have our First Amendment rights. We can have freedom of speech. But we're not going to listen to God and we're not going to tolerate it. We're going to call that religious discrimination. You know, we, if we're going to have Christians stand up and preach the word of God, then we got to let the Satanists do it and the atheists do it. No, you don't. God doesn't need to be censored because a bunch of pinheads think they need to be heard and want to get up and spew their claptrap that amounts to nothing, that, that amounts to nothing more than compounding the problems that ail society. They don't need to be heard. But society needs to hear from God. The Apostle Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. The gospel is the good news. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ to atone for the sins of mankind. That's good news. That's the solution to our problems. A repentant, regenerated heart that has turned from this wickedness back to God and says, you know what? I don't want to go out and kill somebody. Because this dishonors Jesus. This dishonors God. God says, thou shalt not murder. But we think, you know what, if we put that on, on a, uh, a placard or maybe engraved on a, on a stone and put it out in front of a public building, well, we can't have that because, well, there's separation of church and state. and what That is all demonic nonsense. 
if we ignore, and that's exactly what we're doing, what God has to say about just the fundamental relationships between men that stems from a fundamental relationship between men and God, if we ignore that, if we say, you know what, we can't have that unless we have this balance of the satanic and what, if we say, you know what, we're going to equate that, or it needs to be equated with the satanic, we're committing societal suicide. I'm not ashamed of the gospel says the Apostle for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. It's for everybody. For in it, the gospel, and, and the gospel is really Jesus himself. For in him, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. The, the problem, as I said here just a second ago, is that Christians, they're not living by faith. They're not trusting God. They become autonomous. They're self-governing. They say, nobody has a right to tell me what to do because I am my own man or woman. And however I want to live is all that matters. I'm not going to subject myself to anybody, not even the pastor, not even my church leader, not, not anybody. I am an island unto myself. And God says, that's a sin. Oh, well, I'll let God in on the side and I might use Jesus's name every once in a while as an act of piety. But as the Bible makes clear, this is what other Christians have done in the past. You know, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. That's how many Christians are today. And you want to know why then also you have so many of these shootings and rapes and murders and thefts and, and corrupt government and whatever. It's because the Christian is so far from God that he has no influence upon the city or the town or the state or the country in which he lives. In fact, the polar opposite is true. The secularism, the demonic doctrines that, that just bombard us daily, whether it's on the internet or on the TV or the radio or whatever, that has influenced Christians. And they think that that is right. That's become a, an alternative worldview, that they think that is acceptable. And once again, that's born out of ignorance of what the Bible has to say. So you have God's wrath then being poured out upon society including the church. You want to know why so many churches are dying? It's because of this ignorance of God through his word. God says you want to ignore me, you want to get up on a Sunday afternoon or Sunday morning or in a Bible study in a Sunday school and you want to 
speak great swelling religious platitudes and say absolutely nothing? And you think that's honoring me? And then God says, all right, my wrath upon you. People are fleeing the church. There's nothing there to sustain the sheep. And the pastors and the and the leaders are chasing them off. Like I said, you know, the, the average church member doesn't have a biblical worldview. Well, if you don't have a biblical worldview, then God can't speak to you. Oh, but I'm spiritual. I don't give a flip what you want to call yourself. You're nothing more than an idolatrous pagan, or at least you're acting like one. I'm spiritual means absolutely nothing. Are you biblical? If you're biblical, then you're saying, you know what? I'm committed to what God has to say to me from his word. Now, I realize there's many idiots and morons that are of higher academic persuasion that say, well, you can't trust the Bible. It's been written by all of these fallacious men, and it's been tampered with so many times we really don't know what is in the Bible. All of that is a contemptible lie. It is a lie. I've been studying this book for the last 40-some years. Have a Ph.D. to go along with it in textual critical studies and the like. Yes, there's problems with with English translations of the Bible and the like. But when it comes to the Bible's integrity, as one, I know right now I don't have the quote with me, but I, I could easily get it. One textual critic had talked about the Bible. says, you know what, you could take 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 the Bible up in your hands and read with it and have absolute confidence that you have the Word of God in your hands. The things that that are out there that might be troublesome or whatever, they don't affect anything that Christians have believed and taught for millennia. Not at all. Oh, there's little variants here and the like. They have no bearing upon Christian faith and practice. Not at all, period. But so many people have thought, you know what, well, this person's got his doctorate from Duke, and he's got his doctorate from Cambridge, and he's got his doctorate from here, and he says, you know, that that uh, the Bible is not trustworthy. They are liars. They are minions of the devil. They are the ones that the Apostle Paul would say is preaching doctrines of demons. Oh, you believe in demons? Well, Jesus did. The Apostle Paul did. God did. And just because they don't have little, don't have, you know, uh, horns on their head and run around in a red suit, a pitchfork and stuff like that, doesn't mean they're not led by the devil. In fact, I ran into somebody yesterday who, who I pointed this out to him, what kind of a moron that he was. Oh, you're calling him names and being judgmental. You know, I'm sure Jesus was is pleased by that. I know he is. Jesus said to judge righteous judgment. Don't be hypocritical about it. And you can be nothing but a hypocrite once you've left the Bible. 
as your guide. And so I pointed this out to that person as well. The whole point is, uh, when, when it comes to revelation, and the more that we ignore what God has to say, the stupider we become in our comments. And we say, well, <clears throat> I can't believe the Bible because this expert from the University of Chicago said this. I don't care. What does God say? Have you taken the time to actually read from Genesis to Revelation and everything in between, actually studied it through to notice its continuity, to notice its central message, what it's really about? Jesus said it's about me. Did you pick up, pick up on that? The problem is we want to believe the so-called German experts or or the Oxford experts, or whatever, and their nonsense, rather than what God has to say. And that, in turn, leads to what? More societal chaos. More shooting. You know, the Bible is what it claims to be, an inspired revelation from God, which means God spoke it into existence. And it's there as a, a light under our feet and a lamp under our path. And it's really about Jesus himself. If it is all of these things, we need to be listening. We need to pay attention. We need to abide by what God has to say. We don't need to be ignoring it. We don't need to be listening to a bunch of, like I said, so-called intellects, experts. I mean, I have a PhD, so, but you see, because they're from a school that everybody thinks is esteemed and has all the smart people. Well, just because you're from that school and you think you're smart doesn't mean that you are. Especially, once again, if you had divorced yourself from what God has to say. God is the one who is the giver of wisdom and knowledge. And yet, how many people are fearing him? The Bible goes on and says about these people who suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. The very people who are the critics, the ones who balk and mock, as the Apostle Peter would say, would come in the last days. You're going to have all of these mockers. The very people that should be listening, because God has appointed them certain positions to help govern society, are the ones that are ignoring God. And so they become accomplices to this Uvalde shooter, this shooter in Ames, Iowa, the shooter what was he in Buffalo here recently, as well as all of the perverts out there that are pushing their agendas, whether we're talking about social media or secular media, they're all pushing these anti-God mocking sessions of the truth. And yet God has made it clear that he has made himself known to them. They're not stupid. 
the the I always love it when you know I come across those that claim to be agnostics. They have no knowledge of God. Oh, I don't know enough. Well, that's not what God says. God says He's made Himself evident to them because He's shown it to them. He says, for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. Now, unless these so-called agnostics are just deaf, dumb, blind, and stupid, then they should be able to, at least in the natural world, say, good grief, how... How did this come about other than by the divine hand of God Almighty? Now, they may, be, may not be able to identify him specifically, because that's going to take a special revelation from God, the Bible, and regeneration. But they should be able to come to the conclusion, you know what, this just didn't happen. This whole world, whether we're talking about you know, the oceans or the rainforests or the Rocky Mountains or whatever. They didn't just happen. There is a designer. It's not by mistake. Otherwise, they're saying they're a mistake. Their speech is a mistake. Their thought processes are a mistake. Everything is random. And yet there is symmetry. There is design. There is continuity and consistency. As some have said, there's this fine-tuning of the universe. You don't get that just because. Just because a bunch of molecules started bouncing off of each other. You don't get that by happenstance. God made it evident to them. So this whole thing with the agnostics saying, well, I don't know enough is a lie. They know. God has made it evident to them, just like God has made himself evident to every doctor and lawyer and politician and educator, everyone. Any, in, well, <laughs> intelligent human being, any individual, which would include everybody, created in God's image knows that he's there. They may not know everything about him, but they know just from them themselves, if they look at their own body and how fearfully and wonderfully they have been made, they know that God exists. The problem is, they seem, these same people want to suppress the truth. They want to hinder that. They don't want to give God the credit. And so God says, so they're an excuse. There's no excuse for them to be, you know, being ignorant or ignoring God when a school shooting takes place. And we don't need a bunch of religious pagans coming in and, you know, the imitators and the heretics and whatever speaking for God because they have nothing to say anyway. Why? Because they've divorced themselves from the Bible as well, or they have never picked it up and read it themselves. They haven't got anything to say. And they should be denounced. They should be like what the Apostle Paul says. They should be rebuked for being the demoniacs that they are. They have nothing to say. They are imposters. But 
the Apostle Paul then goes on and he says, for although they, although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking. And that's exactly where we're at right now in society. Now, I've been reading G. Gresham Machen, who was a Reformed theologian 100 years ago, uh, him pointing out how the apostasy within the church was so prevalent then. Here it's 100 years later. It hasn't gotten any better. Our churches are in a state of apostasy. Once again, because they've walked away from the Bible. They think their little platitudes are are a, a fine substitute. No, they're not. They're futile thinking. They're empty. They're vain. They're idolatrous. Paul says they're foolish hearts. Once again, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, all of this starts in the heart. The seed of the emotions. The seed of the intellect. They become foolish. Foolishness in the Bible is equated with being an unbeliever. A moron, literally. We want to use that as a pejorative, and yet the Bible makes it clear that moronic thinking is just simply being an unbeliever, acting like somebody who's not even regenerate. And yet... We have scores of Christians that act like fools. The just shall live by faith. Well, the moron lives by non-faith, unbelief. He's gone his own way. He thinks, you know what? So-and-so has offended me. Such as in the case here with this Tulsa shooting within the last few days. Guys having back problems. Went in and had surgery. Had continued pain thereafter. Made several phone calls. Complaining about his continuing painful condition. And so, after being ignored, decides, you know what? The solution here is to pay and pay the doctor a special visit with my own gun and I'm going to go ahead and kill him. He's not going to pay attention to me, so I'm going to kill him. And he did. Goes into the office, shoots him, shoots another doctor, shoots the secretary. There was like four people that were killed and then he kills himself. Thinking, you know what? This is the solution. No, it's not. That type of thinking, that is foolish thinking right there. Landed him in hell. But you see this, once again, because of the churches, church leaders, Christians, departure from biblical revelation as a moral guide to life. Because of that departure, there's no influence in society, especially when it comes to the value of life. Now, recently, the Supreme Court is, is supposedly getting ready to overturn Roe versus Wade. 
And did you see all of the people clamoring, oh, we can't have this. Oh, we got to have free choice. That is autonomy. That's saying, you know what? I get to make my decisions apart from what God has to say, even though God has made it perfectly clear that murder, in this case of the unborn, is ungodly. It's demonic. It's foolish. It's moronic. But you know what? Without, once again, a biblical worldview with God as the objective source of, of verifiable truth, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And the Bible is, is, is God's word. Jesus said, thy word is truth. Without that undergirding this coming decision, they might as well leave Roe versus Wade right where it's at. Not that I'm saying that we should have abortion. I don't think we should. I, it should have never been legalized to begin with. It is, like I said, it's just something, it's sanctioned murder. But once again, when you depart from what God has to say or you kick God to the curb, it's a crapshoot. Anybody can do whatever they want to do. And nobody, this is something I pointed out in, in a book I wrote, a letter to an atheist village. When, when, when truth claims become a crapshoot, I've said, you know, it, it's, it, at the end of the day, it's whoever has the biggest gun. The guy with the biggest gun wins. And then he loses because he eliminates everybody and he can't live on his own. And so, well, eventually he just dies. And what we've got going on right now is this moral relativism, which is a departure from the truth. It's a departure from the absolute truth of the word of God. And people are doing whatever they want to do. And in this case of the shooter in Tulsa, he shoots himself. He thinks that's the solution. And so, and in fact, that's what happened with this Uvalde shooter. He did the same thing. And how many others have done this? This Ames, Iowa shooter, same thing. Goes in and shoots two or three people and kills himself. Nobody is going to hold me accountable, they think. They think God does not exist. Therefore, what they're going to do is they're going to get their justice and then nobody is going to hold them accountable. They're just going to go to sleep and that's it. And that they think that's going to be satisfactory. Wrong-o, bucko. I've got news for you. For you and all the rest of the atheists and the idiots out there. You kill somebody and then go kill yourself. Immediately, you're going to stand in God's presence and you're going to be judged right then and there. And the last act that you committed, murder, you murdered yourself as well as others, that's going to be taken into account. And then I'm going to tell you what's going to happen to you. You're going straight to hell. And there you'll be until the final judgment. After Jesus returns, then you're going to be called forth from hell. And they're going to open up these, these books. 
your works. Going to be looked at one more time. Going to look in the book of life to see if you're there. Some perchance opportunity that you might get a reprieve. And you're not going to be there, I guarantee it. But in God's mercy and God's justice, he's going to look anyway. And then you're going to the lake of fire. And you'll be there forever and ever and ever. Mourning what you did. Writhing in anguish over what you did. Oh, but that's all just fiction or whatever. Well, Jesus taught it. You're calling Jesus a liar? Jesus never committed a sin. And as I said here recently, or just a little bit ago, the Bible's about Jesus. The Bible's about him redeeming you from that kind of stupid thinking. God doesn't want to, doesn't take great joy in, in a wicked person, you know, ending up in hell. And he certainly doesn't take great joy in a person killing another person who's created in God's image. But the longer we keep divorcing ourselves from that reality, from what God has to say about murder and theft and adultery and what, as long as we keep divorcing ourselves from that, the more we're going to feel justified in doing something stupid and hurting other people, thinking, you know what, I am God. No, you're not God. And as soon as you start thinking you are God or you're going to become a God, and then you go out and do something sinful or wicked or evil, and prove that you're not God, then you're just going to add to your own judgment. And it's not going to be nice. But we don't want to preach that. We don't want to teach that. We want people to live in their own fantasy world. And really, that's what it amounts to when God has been kicked to the curb, when the Bible is is divorced from Public reading. Oh, you can get up and read it in public. No, you can't. No, you can't. You know, if if I were to walk into a public school and say, okay, what I want to do here is I want to call a special assembly and I want to get up, get up and give a, uh, a lesson on what I'm talking about right now, there would be no way that it would even be tolerated. God's word is not tolerated in these secular institutions that they think came into existence by happenstance. You know, it is because of biblical Christianity that you have a public school system anyway, even though it has now been totally overrun by the atheistic crowd, the agnostic crowd, the satanic crowd. And so that's why you have all of the abominable teaching that's taking place right now. And kids are coming out being just totally stupid as to what life is about, what their plans ought to be. And so they end up repeating the same nonsense that their parents did, their grandparents did, their great-grandparents did. You know, we just got to keep funding the idiocy. Keep funding the anti-God movement while we go to church on Sunday and pretend to be Christians. 
So they're without excuse, the Apostle Paul says. Those who have God's revelation about himself made evident to him just in the creation. They didn't want to honor him as God, give him thanks. If that's something that's totally lacking in society, too. Don't want to thank God for anything. Let alone clothes on their back with little food they might have, what they might own, their salvation, if they have any at all. Thankful for someone who can be the arbiter of the truth in matters that confront us on a daily basis. Instead of being thankful that God has given us an answer to our problems, we ignore him altogether. Oh, we might might go to the courthouse and it might say, in God we trust, or like, <laughs> when I, whenever I get my property tax, I always love it on the back of the, of the envelope that they send me their extortion bill. It says, in God we trust. They don't trust in God. God has become a malleable, you know, figure of, of, uh, of, of the people's own making. They don't worship or honor God for who he is. They worship their own vain imagination. And they say, oh, God, we trust. Oh, God bless you. Oh, let's play Amazing Grace. You know, because of all these, all these uh, people who have died, you know, at the hands of all of these domestic terrorists or whatever. Oh, let's play Amazing Grace. And they don't have a clue what grace even is. Let alone what the song is about. Yes, um, grace is amazing if you know what it's about. Otherwise, it becomes another piece of idolatry that people want to consume upon themselves. So they become futile in their thinking and their hearts become darkened. I keep saying all of these problems, the school shootings, uh, cheating during elections, is a heart problem. We, we want a solution. We, what are we going to do? I know what we'll do. Let's pass some more laws. You can pass the laws till they stack up to the sky. But if the heart is not changed, which is only going to happen by direct intervention by God Almighty himself, and the preaching of God's word. Unless that takes, your laws mean nothing. You're going through all of the platitudes of it all, thinking or trying to get people to believe they've done something when they've done nothing. There needs to be a heart change in America if it's going to get off this suicidal trick and it is suicidal right now in my 62 years of existence on planet earth here i've not known uh the degree of evil that i'm seeing right now uh 
It may not be Nazi Germany. And what took place there, of course, I wasn't around at that time. We don't have people being taken off to concentration camps and gas ovens, but we're real close. And it's by and large because of a bunch of antichrist type people who uh, want to keep pushing their antichrist doctrines down everybody's throats. And uh, what has it led to? Uh, the killings we're seeing, we're talking about worldwide famine, and of course gas prices are through the roof. It's unbearable that I've said to my wife over and over, it's out of bounds. And it's because of the ungodliness of it all. Foolish hearts are darkened. Darkened by sin. But you know, the irony is that the Apostle Paul says these people claim to be wise. They claim to be wise and yet they're stupid. Stupid in the sense they don't have any idea what God has to say. And they don't care. This is like the paganism in the Old Testament, you know, with several of the nations that persecuted Israel that God allowed to take place because of Israel's obstinance, that eventually they came under judgment. They went way beyond the pale of just acting as God's moral judges. And we've got that going on today whether we're talking about the Bill Gates types or the Anthony Fauci types or, you know, uh, what's this Klaus Schwab guy, all these people that want to kill people. That's what they want to do. Reduce the population through their shot programs and whatever, creating viruses to kill people because they think that uh, there's too many people on the earth and all this stuff. Or like I said, the raising of gas prices out of sight where people are going to be starving to death. They can't get to work. God is going to judge them one day. If for no other reason than to, to judge them for their uh, insistence that they were wise. And yet they were stupid. They claimed to be wise. And they became fools. And exchange the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creepy things. All of this is idolatry. We all have our idols. Well, not all of us. But we see the idols in society. Whether we're talking about our sports teams, that seems to be one of the big ones. Or our favorite politicians, there are a bunch of idols there too. Whatever they may be, we've got them. And we think we're so much wiser for you know, living the life we, we currently have apart from God. And like I said, Christians are just like this in many instances as the pagans are. And it's detrimental. It's leading to nothing more than chaos in society. So like I said, you know, the, the problems to me, or the problem to me, is as obvious as the nose on the end of my, end of my face here. 
And the solution is equally as obvious. We have got to get back to the Bible. We've got to start listening again. We've got to listen to what God has to say. And then put it into practice. And some people say, well, yeah, but that's your interpretation. There is no other interpretation that honors what God has to say. You know, what I, when, I, when I hear people say, you know, that is your truth or that's your interpretation or whatever, what they're saying to me is, I've never read the Bible. Speaking of them, I've never read the Bible. Well, you can take this verse and whatever and, and take it out of context and, and make it whatever you want. Well, any scumbag could do that. But if you're reading the Bible in context... It's not that hard to understand. It's just not. What we have become, though, is lazy when it comes to our defense against those types of arguments. We're lazy in the sense that, you know what, we just don't want to pick up the Bible and read it. We'd rather play with our little electronic gadget mess around with it. Maybe we've got a Bible program on there. We can piddle with it. Instead of picking up the Bible or sitting alone somewhere and letting God talk to us in private as he teaches us by his spirit, illumines our minds. We have become lazy in our Bible study and then in propagating the Bible's message. Like I said, the Bible's about Jesus, his death, burial, and resurrection. It all points to that. That's the answer. That's the good news. That's the gospel. That's what needs to be heard from our politicians, from our preachers, and the rest of our practitioners in life whether they're teachers or doctors or whatever, that needs to be the message that is propagated. Oh, you're talking about propaganda. I'm talking about propagating the message. Churches need to get back in the business of winning souls, preaching the gospel, uh, finding out how God is moving in their community after preaching the gospel. If we don't, the Bible makes it perfectly clear that those that forget God, the nation that forgets God, will be turned into hell. And if we aren't on the verge of it right now, with, <laughs> like I said, with, the number of killings that are taking place and the Antifa crap and, and the BLM nonsense about racism and CRT and like cheating in elections and, and high gas prices and famine. And if we're not on the verge of it, we never will be. The answer is in the Bible. God's 
inspired word. We need to listen. I hope if you're a Christian that you will take this few words or take these few words of mine to heart and start a regimented heartfelt deep soul study of the Bible. Get yourself some decent biblical study materials as well as a decent Bible. Read it. Study it. Put Take it to heart. And then tell others. The alternative is dire. And with that, I just want to thank you for... Uh, for listening to me uh, try to address something here that has been on my heart for several days just haven't had the opportunity to really say anything uh, if you have any questions or comments you can always write me on the, uh, the Capra website love to hear from you your questions or your comments if you want to make a donation there's place you can make a donation. Is it tax deductible? No, it's not tax deductible. It just helps me to pay bills. Well, why isn't it tax deductible? Because I don't think Christians should be subject to the government when it comes to stuff like this. And if you can't give out of a, uh, uh, you can't give with a, can't give with, with, a, with a motive other than just, I want to do this because I love what you're doing. I need to have a tax deduction, then I say just keep your money. I don't want your money. Uh, until I get around to doing this again, I, I wish you Godspeed. Study the Bible. It's the only hope man has for the problems that beset him. Now, people aren't going to like it. You know, especially in the pagan world, they're not going to like what you've got to say. But that doesn't make it any, any less true. Let God be true and every man a liar. Let them face the uh, consequences for their own ignorance. So I'll just stop right there. Like I said, I, I wish you Godspeed. Have a great day. Talk to you again.